and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover delves into the turbulent times faced by uh, SpiceJet over the course of the last few months and uh, joining me on the call is the cover story author Manu Balachandran again for the second time in a row. Great to have you back Manu. Thank you. Thank you Abhishek. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. Uh, hope all's well with you too. You've been in the middle of a move between two cities. How's that coming along? <laughs> All, all, well, all well, just managed to shift from Delhi to Bangalore. The weather is lovely. <laughs> Otherwise, all good. Good to know. Good to know. Stay safe. And uh, Thank you. getting into the subject uh, that you've written about is right. uh, the aviation industry as such around the world has been hit hard. But at the same time, it has come down heavily on some players than others. How is the aviation sector in India coping? You know, the traffic has slowly begun to sort of uh, come back, you know, in comparison to what it was in uh, August, September, so about a 37-odd percent uh, growth. But of course, it's nothing compared to what it was a year ago, and it's probably going to take about a year more or a year and a half more for traffic to limb back to what it was. And then probably after that, we will see a period of growth. Airlines have begun to move, and of course, the international uh, routes have uh, started uh, under the air bubble, so so to speak. So I think, yeah, so it's it's getting better, I think. Last few months, SpiceJet in particular, compared to other airlines, has been going through some troubled times. And they've been right. there before. Uh, back in 2014-15, the airline was struggling. It had some $300 million of debt. Suppliers said, you know, we will not refuel your planes until you pay us. And then some 5,000 staff members had not been paid their salaries. Mr. Ajay Singh uh, scripted a turnaround. It then was among the most successful carriers in, in India in terms of the passenger load. Where does it stand today? For 18 consecutive quarters, they turned in uh, profits, which was phenomenal. And that was actually exhibited on the stock markets when Spicet uh, became... I remember, you know, Spicet stock was at around 15, 16 rupees and then it just went up to about 140, 150. That was actually you know, at a point where Spicet was one of the be- best performing stocks, uh, airline stock in the world. What happened during that period is also they went and placed orders for about 205 uh, new Boeing uh, 737 MAX aircrafts. The whole idea was that they'll use these aircrafts to increase their market share, go into new routes fly international and you know it was it was massive plans that they had but eventually what happened is the 737 max uh, as you know uh, had to be grounded because of the problems uh, that happened in ethiopia and uh, indonesia that affected their uh, their revenues and uh, they had to ground quite a bit of planes and of course they couldn't fly their cash flows uh, began to be affected uh, so that that became a problem and that is what has actually Come into play now also at SpiceJet where, you know, from the outside people say that, you know, the airline is struggling for cash. And of course, I mean, the numbers also say that. But that is where things are, you know, in comparison to a company like Indigo, which has always had very high cash reserves and upwards of about 7,000, 8,000 crores in liquid cash available to them as of today. So uh, SpiceJet, yes, of course, they're struggling on that front in terms of cash front, but you never know uh, how they'll manage to turn around. They've managed to get some uh, payout from going uh, for those grounded aircrafts. And um, let's see what happens then. When you interacted with uh, Mr. Ajay Singh, uh, he spoke about uh, <clears throat> that he would rather focus on some new opportunities that have come the company's way, which talks about not carrying passengers, but carrying goods. The figure that you quote or that you write is some 95% of all goods that are shipped out of the country are being done by foreign airlines 
and i think india just has six aircraft blue dart being among the top carriers so how big a market is that to paper over the cracks that uh, have formed in the last few months with uh, spicejet you know the industry talks about cargo being a source of big revenue especially because you know the passenger traffic is still taking time to uh, swing back to the numbers that was actually evident through the entire lockdown uh, you know mr singh spoke about how there was not a single day when spicejet didn't fly uh, they in fact even once flew from china to coimbatore carrying one pp kit uh so that the manufacturers there in in Coimbatore could sort of emulate or you know uh, man- start manufacturing the pp kits uh, this is in the early days of the lockdown but cargo is a big part of uh, you know the game for all airlines but what mr singh specifically was addressing or was talking about is that a lot of the international cargo is carried by the international aircraft a- airlines you know like etihad and emirates and so on and so forth uh, the indian guys really don't have much of a play over the past few months what has happened is even indigo for that matter has uh, begun to focus on on cargo and they've uh, mr singh for instance is now betting on 20 aircrafts this includes even you know going to the northeast and of course outside the country and they've actually acquired uh, two wide bodied aircrafts the a340s uh, to do that work so they see tremendous potential at least in moving goods uh, for the next year or so uh, till passenger traffic picks up and uh, and use that as a as a revenue source so in september mr singh said that their uh, uh, revenue from cargo was about 125 or uh, crore uh, compared to was about a year ago so almost uh, four times uh, he says you know there's huge potential for other air- airline companies also to come in and uh, be participating in that cargo business the focus is on finding alternative uh, revenue streams to filling passengers yes. on seats and keeping the uh, aircraft in the air for as long as you can airline companies uh, in general don't make money uh, and uh, specifically passenger airline companies so he wants to expand the company into not just being a passenger airline company into an into a holistic air air transport player so that that includes cargo of movement and the other area that he's focusing is on the mro business uh, maintenance and repair you mean yes maintenance repair and all currently how does it happen in india if there an aircraft to be maintained does it have to be done by a foreign player or do you have to rent a service uh, what was happening is that india had very high uh, taxation policy at least in the mro space which was about 18 odd percent or so uh, so what would happen is you know companies would uh, would go to countries like uh, sri lanka and singapore or you know hand it over to the manufacturers like boeing and so on and so forth uh, india really didn't have much of a big mro business per se which is what he he had been pushing for he said and of course the government has turned around and listened to it and they managed to bring down the the taxation rate from 18% to 5% so that will give a huge impetus to the to the mro business we look at the end of the day india has a huge number of aircrafts out there and we will need um, a huge number of aircrafts in the future at least um, uh, you know according to boeing it's going to be about 2300 odd aircrafts in the next 20 years when we we are talking about such big numbers of aircrafts and um, you know if they need to be they need to be maintained they need to be repaired there is a massive potential in terms of how much uh, you know money would otherwise go out which can actually remain in india if the mro business picks up in india and that is something he wants to focus on while on one hand uh, mr singh will want to turn it around yet again you spoke to a few experts who at least one of them reckoned that spicejet is too big to fail or the government may not allow that to happen because it will have a big uh, bearing on the overall industry it's it's quite 
out in the open that Mr. Singh was a supporter of the Bharatiya Janata Party and uh, is close to the PM. So, how do these tie into uh, the overall health or the immediate future of the company? So that is again something that uh, experts spoke to us and told us. You know, they sort of referred to the time in 2015 when the aviation minister uh, reportedly sat through the negotiations with the lenders. Uh, Mr. Singh is uh, somebody who's been credited with with the whole slogan of Apki Bar Modi Sarkar. So, of course, there is a lot of talk about his proximity to the current regime. But that apart, we are also at a time when last year Jet Airways, uh, you know, India's oldest uh, private airline actually failed. Air India is in distress. Uh, all the other airline companies are also in distress. Um, you know, it's just that as much as Spicer is in distress, say, for instance, Vistara is able to raise money because of the Tata brand name. So that actually helps them. Similar is the case with Go Air. You know, you have a bigger group backing you, which is not always the case with Ajay Singh because he's a single army. So it may not be always easy to raise funds as and when they require. That could be the part of the problem that, you know, all the experts spoke about. It's very unlikely that the government will allow Spicer to fail. In fact, uh, just, you know, in October, he announced that uh, they're going to start the uh, international operations to UK. Uh, Vistara will fly, Spicer will fly and Air India will fly, which is fairly significant uh, considering, you know, all this about, you know, how the airline could possibly fail. So, so it may not be that easy or it may not be very likely that the government will actually allow the airline to fail. What are the top uh, two or three things that he's worried about so that, you know, you could see some hope on the horizon where things will start getting better? Oh, he believes that, you know, cargo is one big area where, of course, for a very long time, people had ignored, people didn't put in a fleet up for, uh, you know, cargo transport. The second area is, of course, the MRO business. And something I didn't mention earlier was, you know, he's also looking at defense contracts. He says there's not much of a difference between transport aircrafts or, uh, you know, fighter aircrafts and commercial aircrafts. It's all the same. And it's just about you know, software here and there. But now I don't know how much, uh, you know, the defense, uh, you know, guys will be ready to hand over these aircrafts to a private player. It, it is really not, we, we've never seen that happen actually before. He thinks it's going to work out for them. He's got something of the, you know, the cadets, you know, the pilot training and, uh, you know, things like that going for him. So those are the main areas and he sees uh, passenger traffic uh, coming back uh, in full flow in the next one and a half years, uh, at least when he's, when I spoke to him end of September, over the next one and a half years, he sees uh, passenger traffic coming back. So it's about hanging on till then. He believes that the 737 MAX will be back uh, to the fleet by um, by sometime in uh, next year, early next year, which will allow them to operate on more routes. Uh, you know, the problem with Spicer has been their market share has steadily been in that, you know, 13 to 15 percent uh, bracket. It's never gone up. And that's something I'd asked him. And he said the whole thing is a function of, um, you know, how many how many aircrafts you ma- you have. With a limited number of aircrafts, there's a limited amount you can fly. So, so he's hoping for you know the 737 to come back um, flying and uh, and hopefully then uh, everything will be back to back on track. And he's a man who's turned around things in the past. He says nobody should uh, write us off because uh, you know we managed to do this earlier. Right. So I guess on on that optimistic note, uh, we we will wrap this one up. Uh, Manu, thanks a lot for your time on on, on this Thank podcast. You. Thank you so much, Shake, uh, for the call. Thanks, and all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, Google Podcasts or any other uh, app that you use to listen to them. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to five one eight one eight. And also look for other podcasts from uh, Forbes India. There's one called Teenpreneur, an interview series with young entrepreneurs and We also have from the bookshelf of Forbes India conversations about business, economics and books.